if you've been following the journey of my house building project, you will know that back in November 2022, I decided to build two houses. One house, the bigger house, is the family home. And the smaller house only came into my mind after I saw the footprint for the big house. My name is Dr. Asha Sefanit Wadasi. And like many people of African descent, I used to live in the UK, but I always had a dream which developed into a plan to move to an African country of my dreams. After traveling around several African countries on the African continent, I finally settled on Malawi, a small country the size of the UK, which is in the east side of the African continent. And I love it here. My podcast is about my life in Malawi, how I got here, how I'm managing to stay here, and some of the interesting things I get up to during my daily life. I also focus on helping you to break through with your own best life plans for living in your own hot country of your dreams or just having the life you want. I also look at your money freedoms, your job freedoms and many other things that can help you to get that best life. So stick with me as I take you through the Living Your Best Life in Africa experience. It's going to be a blast. Greetings. You're listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast and this is episode 170. Before we get into my podcast proper, as we near closer to the start of my next cohort for the Start Your Business coaching program, I'm feeling a little nostalgic in this episode. This podcast was four years old on the 11th of April 2023 and the time seems to have flown since that first episode. When I think about the journey travelled for my past students who began their best life journey, for some by completing the Start Your Business coaching programme, all I can say is that their lives are unrecognisable now and all are doing great things in their own way. This is what I want for my next group of students. And if that's you, the next course for this programme will start at the end of September, but enrolment is open now. If this course is for you, you can join my waiting list by emailing me at livingyourbestlifeinafrica at gmail.com. And Africa here is spelt with a K. You'll also find the link in the show notes where you're listening to this episode. So all you need to do really is just press pause, scroll down to the bottom of the notes that come with this episode and you'll see the email link there. Just click the link and it should open up in your email or just copy and paste it into your email browser. So for this week's episode, as I've just said, this podcast has just gone four years old. And just like my students, my four-year journey has also changed. And I'm now on the brink of having a completed guest house, something which I definitely didn't foresee when I began this podcasting journey four years ago. If you've been following the journey of my house building project, you will know that back in November 2022, I decided to build two houses. One house, the bigger house is the family home, And the smaller house only came into my mind after I saw the footprint for the big house. 
after putting down the foundations for that big house, I saw the amount of land I had left and I then had a decision to make about what to do with the excess land and whether I could live with other people on my compound if I put another property on the plot. You see, my privacy is quite important to me because after living in the UK with awful neighbours for most of my life, I really just wanted peace and quiet and an everyday life of not being made to feel uncomfortable in my own space. But those feelings of apprehension didn't last long because when I saw the land that I had left, I immediately thought about putting another house on the plot, which would be a smaller house to rent to a family, which would give me some passive income, which I could use for other things like business or helping people, working on the charity. There were a number of things that I felt I could do with that passive income. But the story of this second house didn't really come about until we got with the local builder who had just built a new lodge about 800 metres from my plot. And meeting this builder is what changed my plans again. The builder suggested that there was more money in still building the same sized small house, but instead running the house as a guest house rather than as a rental family home. I thought about the change of plans for about a day and decided to go with the builder, mainly because having a guest house would give me more control over the property for two reasons, really. Number one, if I want my privacy, I just don't rent out the guest house. And number two being that the short term turnover of customers coming through the door would mean that I would have more control over the property. So in April 2023, the plan to build the guest house was born and the builders have been working on the plan ever since. So now it's August 2023 and we're now coming to the end of the build and it's now mostly about finishing touches to get the house ready to hand over to me. Because of the speed with which the builder and his many teams have managed to get through this build, and the builders also now, having started to build the structure of the big house, the family home, I've kind of been caught off guard when it comes to things like tiles for the house. One of the steepest learning curves you will ever have to climb in most African countries, except maybe in Ghana, Nigeria, Ethiopia, Rwanda and South Africa, is that life and lifestyles are in some aspects, not all, but some, about 10 years or more behind the UK. Nowhere have I seen this the most than when it comes to fitting out a house. And I get it. I get why this is the case in Malawi. Because when you watch the television programmes that are screened through cable TV in Malawi, the UK programmes that we watch, when we get a chance to watch them, are about at least 10 years old at the best of times and some are even older. And when you look at the furniture, fixtures and fittings in the houses on the screen, they all look chintzy and old-fashioned. And worse, all the furniture makers in Malawi follow the trends they see on TV like everybody else without realising that the trends they see might seem advanced to them but 
on the whole, those trends are old. So the furniture that's created is not nice. To make matters even worse, most of the fixtures and fitting suppliers in Malawi are Indian business owners. And to be honest, these business owners seem to have no interest in bringing Malawians the good stuff. Nah, when it comes to something as simple as wall and floor tiles, nothing ever seems to go out of season like it does in the UK. It just stays there until it sells. And what we end up with is horrible. It's a bit like when old cast-offs are sent to African countries for a cheap price. Because Africans, it seems, they think will buy anything. Well, that's how it feels with things like tiles, fixtures and fittings. The tiles are dull, with no creative designs at all. And in fact, when I look at the tiles, if I think back to my aunt and uncle's house, way back to 30 years ago, I remember some of the same tiles being on their kitchen floor as lino. You know that stuff. Their floors were like covered in a plastic covering that you can still get today. And you can imagine the horrors of the patterns in the tiles that I'm talking about when you think about how far lino has come in 30 years. Heck, you can get lino now that looks as good as any wooden floor you have ever seen. Meanwhile, in Malawi, the styles and patterns we have are stuck in a time warp that you don't even want to come home to because it looks well-fashioned. But of course, I don't have a choice if I want to finish my building project. So at the point of picking the best tiles from the worst selection, this is all I can do. But the crumb of comfort I can take from this is that I'm really pleased that I decided to build the guest house first because this buys me time to think about how I will tile the family home knowing what's on offer. When I get to that point of tiling the family home, I want to be ready by either having shipped tiles from the UK in a barrel or a container or I will have gone to South Africa to buy tiles because the furniture, fixtures and fitting choices are much better there than anything we can get in Malawi. For now, I will not have to look at the tiles in the guest house that often and that's good enough for me. So tiles are going down all over the house because of the heat in Salima where I live, which means there is no such thing as carpet in people's homes. If there was, it wouldn't last long because carpet would make a great meal for all the insects that have a fantastic life in Malawi. So all homes are fully tiled. So the guest house is fully tiled too. Now, I don't want to give the impression that it's all doom and gloom when it comes to progress in Malawi. Nah, Malawi is far more advanced in certain areas than anything I've ever seen in the UK or in USA. Like, for example, in the way money is transferred between people using a simple mobile phone that doesn't even have to be a smartphone. And I know I've spoken about this before, but I never cease to be amazed. The mobile phone in Malawi is linked to something called fintech technology. And it's remarkable to watch a technology that has been around for 10 to 15 years, doing great things in Malawi, supporting people to transfer money to all corners of the country. 
whereas in the UK, we still don't use this technology in the same way. And we don't have things like money wallets on the mobile phone where we can save money and then send that money to somebody who might be a thousand miles away. We don't have that. In the UK, to send money to someone, we have to go through our bank to transfer money between each other. And we do that online, meaning, of course, that you need an online service and a bank account for this to happen. This could never work in African countries like Malawi, because in Malawi, for example, only 20% of people have a bank account. So Western technology around tap and pay which is also in Malawi, is certainly not something which could work for the majority of people, especially when there were 12.2 million fintech mobile phone transactions in Malawi in 2022. To me, this is just amazing. And that fintech technology has saved many lives and started many, many businesses. It's also put children through school, bought people healthcare, and allowed people to dream. And so for me, it's one of the most remarkable progressive things that could happen in Malawi. Bearing in mind that we use the same mobile phone to communicate with each other and to communicate teaching and progressive thinking around African self-determination. It's great. Anyway, that's me and my musings. Back to the house. My ceilings have also now been completed. Doors have now been added and I also now have a water tank which is called a geezer here and that tank is welded to the wall at the back of the house on the outside of the house so guests can get hot water. Putting water tanks on the wall outside at the back of a house is a regular thing in Malawi but in other African countries and European countries that I've visited, like Cyprus, for example, I've seen the same water tanks put on the roof and I didn't know what they were. I thought they were just collecting water. I didn't realise they were hot water tanks until I saw this tank on the outside of a house in Malawi and I asked what it was. And then I was told, ah, we put it on the wall on the outside. Some people put it on the roof, but we, we prefer to put it on the outside of the house at the back where we can maintain it. So in Malawi, these tanks are welded to the back of the house and they look really nice because the tanks are new. But once that tank becomes weather-worn, they begin to look rusty and awful. (laughs) But still, you know, I have a long time to wait before the tank begins to look worn and ugly. I'll post some pictures into my social media groups so you can see how the tank looks, welded and caged to the back of the wall to prevent somebody from scaling the wall and liberating the tank by taking it to their own home. The little stoop at the back of the house has also been completed. And I have to say, it looks really nice and somewhere where you can get out at the back of the house and sit on the step. But there isn't much room there, hence the little smoking space which we've now built at the front of the house. I call this space the temple because to me it was built with temple ideas in mind for the guests. I perhaps wouldn't have built it that way, but hey, we are where we are. 
I'll also post a picture of that so you can see it. Those who've already seen it say it's nice and it is nice. And it's also a cool place because it sits right under my mango tree. So the aim is for guests to use the space at the front of the house and the space in the temple for sitting outside and socialising rather than going to the back of the house where there isn't much space. I also have some really nice feature tiling around the outside of the front of the house which has put really nice finishing touches to the outside structure of the property. And you can see that for yourself when I post the pictures. Let me know what you think, because I have to decide how I want the outside of the big house to look, and I might need some suggestions. The only thing left to do are the final snagging jobs, like further coats of paint on the inside and outside of the property, ceiling fans to be put into the light fittings to add some air conditioning to the property, and some landscaping outside of the property near the car parking area and pathway to the house so guests can get in and out of the property safely. Because remember, at the same time as I will have guests, the site is still a building site with the building of my family home. But I have to make it work since money raised from renting out the property will also help with the building costs for building my family home. I expect the family home to be finished by the end of the year. Once I get pictures of the build of the big house, I will post them into my groups and into my social media sites. Because remember, if you go back to the images that I posted when I had to make a decision about what I wanted the house to look like at the front, then we're going to be following how closely the builders can replicate that image. And it's all going to be really exciting for me. I don't want to have to shout anyone to say, it's not how you said you would do it. But let's see. So in the meantime, look out for the pictures on that progress. But in relation to the guest house, which is almost complete, look out for the pictures of the progress of that house. You'll be surprised, as I always am, when I look at the before and after pictures. Let me know what you think. And if you have any questions you would like me to answer, you can contact me by email or by using my social media handles. On a final note, just to remind you that my next coaching programme will start at the end of September and all you have to do for now is to register your interest in the programme by emailing me at livingyourbestlifeinafrica.com and remember Africa is spelt with a K and you'll find the email link in the show notes where you're listening to this episode. You never know, maybe it's the right time to do something for yourself and to put yourself first. So if this is you, hit the email link and let's get things moving towards getting you free. Until then, you've been listening to the Living Your Best Life in Africa podcast. My name is Dr. Asha, and for this wonderful week, I'm 